0: Welcome to the Stop Overdrinking and Start Living podcast, where high-achieving working moms come to learn how to stop overdrinking, reduce overwhelm and anxiety, and show up like the players they were meant to be. I'm your host, Angela Mecenic, and let's dig in. Welcome to episode 56, Listener Q&A in a Facebook Live. Alright, we are recording live on the Facebook Q&A. Today is January 14th and I am answering questions that I've received via email or text or um, comments on my Facebook posts. Um, and so a lot of us share the same questions and thoughts and, and, and share the same struggles when it comes to stopping over-drinking and stopping overeating. So I'm going to address a lot of those today, which is super fun. You guys can populate in the um, comments if you have specific questions you want me to address today, but I am going to jump in. So the first question that I want to address is weight gain. When taking a break from alcohol. So somebody wrote in to me asking, I've, I'm taking a break from alcohol and I've noticed the scale go up. And is this normal? What do we do? I want to make sure you know I'm not eating all of these things or whatever if I have taken a break from alcohol. And this is such a good question. I hear this a lot. I'm also in some ja- dry January groups and this is also a very common theme that I see. So I guess what I, I would need a little bit more information for your specific situation, but oftentimes, like if you're drinking in the evening or you had been drinking in the evening and you stop that, you're you're on a longer break from drinking in the evening, right? We just want to make sure we're not snacking more, right? So if you have a craving for sugar or just a little bite of chocolate or chips or popcorn or something, we want to make sure, first of all, that you are replacing alcohol with some sort of snack or food. Okay. If that's not the case for you, I would just give it a little bit more time, like just, you know, make sure you're tracking it. Also, there's, there's just so many other variables that I would need a little bit more information on. So are you weighing yourself every day? If you're weighing yourself every day, you would know that it's normal to see fluctuations in your weight that can be up to five or six pounds within the same day. OK, so like we definitely weigh less first thing in the morning after we go to the bathroom and then, you know, even just a cup of coffee could make your your body hold on to a pound of excess water. Right. And then if we exercise and then we eat and we're going through our day, our weight fluctuates so much depends on how active we are, what we ate the day or two before that. If it was extra salty, I mean, it can show up a couple of days later. Okay, so if you're concerned about weight gain when you're taking a break from alcohol, I would just start writing down what you're eating and just sort of keeping track of it from like a scientific approach. Like I'm just collecting data, not that you need to fix anything at all. You're just collecting data and then you weigh yourself every day. So write down what you're eating, breakfast, lunch and dinner and any snacks okay write down you know, make sure you're drinking a lot of water write down how much water you're drinking and then weigh yourself and see if there's a fluctuation there okay it's hard for me to know exactly what you're doing what your habits are without a little bit more information so that's where i would start and then also just make sure you're not extra grabbing extra bites at dinner time or after dinner because normally you would be drinking your wine at that time like you're you know putting something in your mouth right? Like it you may not have even been aware of what your habits were when you were drinking. Okay. So you may be eating a little bit more now that you're not drinking, because like, if you think about it, if you're somebody that drank when you're cooking dinner, right, you're, you're consuming calories and, and, um, energy then. Right. And so you may not have been eating as much at dinner time, but now that you're not drinking, you may be consuming the same amount of calories as just in food content. So you may see a, uh, fluctuation on the scale in that way. So I would just start tracking it, writing down what you're eating, making sure you're not replacing food with alcohol, right? So we definitely part of the the work here and what I teach my clients to do is learning how to feel our feelings in those moments when you want to drink and not going to replace it with something else. We want, don't want to get on our phones. We don't want to scroll on Facebook. We don't want to distract ourselves with watching TV. We don't want to like busy ourselves. So we're not feeling what we're feeling, feeling those urges. Right. But you want to feel in and lean into those feelings so you can reduce your desire for it and you can open up yourself and process those feelings so that you don't need always need something outside of you to get through those moments. Right. That's a skill that you have to learn. And I've taught many classes. There's many podcast resources available that you can go listen to about how to feel your feelings on Stop Over Drinking and Start Living, my weekly podcast, or go back here and scroll through the videos about how to feel in those moments and how to manage your urges and learn how to do that w- within your own self instead of relying on something else outside of you to get through those moments. So, I hope that answers your question about weight gain through alcohol. I would guess it's probably just a weight fluctuation, like a water fluctuation there. Keep tracking it, you know, write down your food, all that good stuff. And just sort of monitor it and just be patient. You are changing something. Your body is changing a little bit. It might be holding on to things a little bit more as it's sort of healing from, I don't know if it was a daily drinking habit for you or not. But I wouldn't worry about it too much, okay? <laughs> we definitely don't want to keep seeing the scale go up and up and up and up. That would definitely be because you're eating more, right? There's no other reason why, right? So just make sure you're, you're paying attention to what exactly you're eating and tracking it from a scientific approach, not like there's something wrong with you that you need to track points or count calories or any of that. Just collect data for a week, write down exactly what you're going to eat, or I'm sorry, write down what you are eating without judgment and then weigh yourself and you will notice if there's a variation there. All right, the next question is what to say to people when you're cutting back on on drinking or taking a break from drinking And it's not following the AA program. (laughs) This is such a good question. Thank you so much for asking. So I get this a lot, right? So like, what do we tell people if we're trying to cut back? And especially if we have family members or friends that have gone through the AA program and that, that has worked for them and they're very passionate about AA or they feel like AA is the only way and you can't, you know, be somebody that moderates, right? So I don't teach abstinence or moderation. What I teach and coach my clients on is that you are the one that knows the best for you, right? And you, you can have any kind of relationship that you want with alcohol and that you are always in the driver's seat and always in control of that, okay? So with my clients and what we do in our program is we experiment with all different ways. we Sometimes we take long breaks. Sometimes we have moderated drinks. like We plan to have one or two drinks a week, right? And we see what that experience is, is like and we learn and grow from that so that no matter what situation you're in, right, you know how to handle it. You know how to not have drinks. You know that you can have one or two drinks without this overwhelming desire for more. And we practice doing that so that you feel like you have supported yourself In any type of situation, and you can go out socially, you can be with your family and friends and not have any issues regardless. And there's no fear about in the future that you can't be somebody that ever drinks again. Okay, like we want to explore all of that. And I support you on whatever goals you have around alcohol. So some of my clients decide not to drink anymore and we support them on that, right? So I don't teach one way or the other. So I think it's important when you are getting these questions from people about, well, you know, is this, you know, what is this or is, what is coaching to stop over drinking or what are you doing? And if you don't want to prescribe yourself to the way AA does it, you can just say, I'm, there's so many ways that we have, we're so lucky now that we have so many options to support ourselves and learning how to cut back on our drinking or taking a break, right? Like that's true. Like we have AA, we've got private coaching, we've got therapists, we have our religious paths, like all of that. There's so many avenues you can take for cutting back on drinking or taking a break, right? Or quitting. And 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 for me, my response has been I'm finding the solution that works best for me. I'm trying all the things. Right. I'm trying taking a break. I'm trying moderating. I'm trying working on my thoughts. I'm trying feeling my feelings. And I'm so happy that AA worked for you. Please, like, don't. We can talk about it. Whatever. I'm totally open to hearing what you have to say. But just know that there's a lot of ways that people can get help. And I'm choosing a path for me that serves me in the mo- in the best way possible. And you just have to be super confident about it. Right. AA does help a lot of people. It's helped thousands and thousands and thousands of people stop drinking. Okay. It's a great resource, but it doesn't resonate with everybody. And it doesn't also work for a lot of people, right? A lot of people have tried it and it doesn't work for them. That's okay. There's not anything wrong with that, right? It's not we have to find our own way and be committed to finding the path that works for us. So that's how I would approach that program in a or that question in a very long winded way. The the gist of it is I'm working on finding the way that I resonate with it the most and I'm so happy that AA worked for you. I would love to talk about how that worked for you. And if you're interested in learning what I'm learning about myself and and why I'm drinking, I'd love to share that with you. Right? That's probably the easiest and most concise way to answer that question. I hope that helps. All right. What was the other question? Another common question I get, let me take a drink is how to find support you need with your spouse or your family or your partner when you're cutting back. So the best way I can answer this is like a lot of times people think that they need other people to support them or they need their spouse to support their efforts to cutting back on alcohol or starting a diet or whatever it is that you're working on personally, right? And my advice to you is don't, you've got to stop searching for support outside of your own self, okay? So when you're thinking about your spouse or your family or your friends and the requirement of their support to make you successful, you are always going to fail, (laughs) right? It's not the right way to approach it. It's like, don't ask, like you've got to look at your purpose behind that. Like we can't, first of all, we can't control other people and what they do or think or say to us, right? Like we've got to let go of that. Your partner, your spouse, your family, I would say let them think and do whatever they need to do for themselves, okay? And you have to take that energy and focus it on you, all right? So instead of looking for support outside of you and saying, how can my family support me or what if they don't support me or I need my friends and family to support me on this, otherwise I won't be successful, you've got to switch that and say, how can I support myself, how can I support myself with resources around me to make sure that I am successful? Okay, take that energy that you think that you need from people outside of you, right? Everybody outside of you, all other people, and focus it on you and just sort of switch that around to how you can support yourself. So it doesn't really answer that question, right? Like it's just a common question I get and I always turn around, but you need to learn how to support yourself in any situation that you are in, whether it's in your home or it's at work or it's out at a bar or it's at a restaurant or it's on vacation or it's at a funeral, right? Or at your kid's school. Like you need to learn how to support yourself in all those environments because there's always going to be outlying circumstances and people aren't always going to do what we need them to do or want them to do, right? So the more that you can create a support system for yourself, right? Like getting a coach, learning what your thoughts are, learning how to feel, making your plan ahead of time, journaling, reading all the books, right? Create a very nice little nest for yourself in things that you do, all right? That will support your journey. And when you focus your attention that way, the rest of it will just kind of fall into place. I promise. I promise every single one of my clients, husbands or spouses has followed along and ended up being so supportive when, when my clients, including myself as my own client, and <laughs> my own husband, when I took that energy and focused it on how I can support myself with like the little nest of support and took that energy and did that for myself, they always just kind of follow along right? Because they're seeing you have great results and have your own back and your confidence starts exuding, right? And you start feeling better and looking better and not drinking and eating as much and dropping weight. They're like, holy shit, what's going on? And then they follow along every single time. Okay. But you got to let them just do them and love them no matter what, let them drink their beers, let them have their cocktail, let them eat all the food, Okay, you take the energy and you focus on you. And how can I support myself when other people are still doing what they're doing? That is the way for freedom. That is the way to know that no matter where you are or who's around you, you've got your own back and you don't need anybody else to do anything. That's being totally in power and in control. Such good questions. Yes, focus it on you. (laughs) Number one takeaway there. Okay. Okay. And the final question I've received, and please, if you have any other questions about anything that I've mentioned, please just type in the comment box. But the last question was improving how to talk to yourself. So how do we improve how we talk to ourselves? And I would say the first part of that is just getting aware (laughs) of how you're talking to yourself. So what are you saying to yourself is the first step. So I would recommend journaling. What do you think about yourself is a really good question is like a journal prompt. To like right at the top of the page, what do I think about myself? There's Edie. Um, And then, you know, you dump your brain out. Okay, so dump out and understand and bring to the surface all of the thoughts that you do have about yourself. And it's very eye-opening. If you need to dig a little bit deeper, you can ask yourself questions like, what do I think about myself and my capabilities to stop over drinking?" And watch your brain deliver all of these answers to you. And then you can look at that and notice how awful <laughs> those thoughts are, right? Our brain likes to go to the negative right away on the first response. And then you can start changing it. So if you want to improve the way you talk to yourself, you first have to get aware. Okay, dump your thoughts on, on a piece of paper and then go back and look at them and say, okay, I know if I keep talking to myself this way, and if I believe Angela and what she's saying, that our thoughts create our results in our lives, these negative self-talk I'm having to myself is going to create more of a negative result for me in my life. Okay. So if you have beliefs like I can't fix this, or I always start something and never finish, or I go on the off again, off again cycle, on again, on again, off on again, off again cycle repeatedly, or I I think that this is gonna be the last time I ever have to lose weight or stop over drinking right? But I always go back to my old ways. If that is beating yourself up, that's having a negative outlook about your own capabilities to permanently solve issues. Okay. So we have to be willing to uncover that. And oftentimes it's hard for us to do that on our own. So I highly recommend if you have an issue with beating yourself up and you have a lot of negative self-talk, you really consider hiring a coach that can help you uncover that for yourself or join a program that will help you improve your own self-talk to yourself, okay? Another thing that I recommend you do is just start being aware. Like, tell yourself, I'm going to start being aware of how I talk to myself. And when you notice yourself talking that way to yourself, like, I suck. Why why is this so hard? I can't ever finish anything, right? What's wrong with me? I'm disgusting. I'm too fat. Like, all of those thoughts, when you notice them, you have to... stop it. You have to say, we do not talk to ourselves anymore like that. Like imagine you had two children and one of your kids was talking to the other child like that. Would you allow that? No, we would be shutting that shit down right away, right? Like you do not talk to your brother or sister like that, right? We have to do that to ourselves. We have to mother our own brain, Okay, so when you find yourself talking that way to yourself, you have to immediately say we don't talk to ourselves like that anymore. Don't cuss at yourself. (laughs) Right. Be just just be firm and loving. Be like, that is not a way that I want to talk to myself anymore. And we are not doing that. And like literally redirect, like go look at the dog, go look outside and, and, and think about the weather for a second. But you've got to interrupt that path when you find your brain doing that to yourself and not allow that anymore in your head at all. So I did this at the very beginning of my journey as I shut it down. I'm like, I am not doing that. That is not allowed in this space anymore. And you have to be very firm and committed to doing that and conscious. Okay, so stop it. <laughs> Commit to stopping beating yourself up and then changing it. What do you love about yourself? What is amazing about you that you actually believe and like right now? And like make a list of all those things and reprogram your brain and to start noticing all the things that you do to love about yourself and show and and notice the things in your life that you like and enjoy that you've created. Okay. And when you fill up your brain with those kinds of thoughts, it doesn't have space for the other shit. All Right. So that's my advice for improving the negative self-talk. What about poor sleep when you quit Drinking in the evening, how long until it gets better? Such a good question, Angie. So, our bodies this is so, this is a really good question. So, our bodies are used to having alcohol on the regular, right? So, like if you're drinking on the regular basis, you're drinking on a nightly basis, and you have thought you needed it to go to sleep, your body's going to start relying on that chemical to go to sleep, right? I'm guessing though that you are still tossing and turning a little bit you might even be waking up in the middle of the night when you're drinking okay this used to happen to me all the time so I would like drink i would go to sleep fine you know and then I would wake up at like two or three o'clock in the morning with like sweats and, and heart palpitations and heartburn and I would wake up in a panic like oh my god I'm gonna be hungover in the morning okay <laughs> I don't know if you've ever experienced that but My body was used to going to sleep with alcohol. It got used to needing that and relying on it. It was like a dependency, right? And then it would wake up in the middle of the night after I think like the alcohol was like running through my system and stuff and it was actually a lot of sugar and I would wake up, you know, in response to it and then I go back to sleep eventually after I had to drink like two big cups of water. (laughs) So my body was used to that for many, many years, okay? Especially if I drank more than like a glass of wine. So it took a while for it to come back and to trust and learn how to go to sleep without it and like how to shut down your brain, all that stuff. And then I would also still wake up in the middle of the night. My body was used to waking up, even though I didn't have alcohol in it. It was nuts. And I'd wake up in a panic like, oh, my gosh, am I going to be hungover in the morning? And I noticed I wasn't, and I'm like, oh, you can go back to sleep. And it took some time for me to trust myself and for my body and my brain to trust myself that when I went to bed, it was for the night. Now I don't wake up at two or three in the morning in that way anymore, but it just takes some time and some patience. I will also recommend that you like, you know, really um, protect your sleep when it is time to sleep. So if you're taking a break from alcohol right now, you want to like start getting ready for bedtime. So think about if you had a baby, like all of the night, nighttime rituals that we do for a baby, if we're like sleep training the baby, right? Like we might take a bath and we might, you know, listen to some music and we might read a book. We're definitely not watching TV and getting worked up. We're definitely not, not like on technology, right? With all of our dopamines, everything and all that pleasure firing from looking at screens, we don't want to do that. So you like want to create a bedtime ritual for yourself. So like you're maybe you're drinking some chamomile tea tea. You shut off all electronics an hour before you you go to bed. You might read for a little bit. Maybe you do take a bath. Wash your face. Like start doing those sort of nighttime routines. And then when you get into bed Lay down and there's no more picking up the phone. Like don't even put your phone by your bed if that's a habit for you. But you want to shut it all down and you've got to retrain your be- your brain that now is the time to sleep and this is what we do and we don't need anything else outside of ourselves to fall asleep. So you might want to do a little meditation or like if you've ever done yoga and just like, you know, sort of relax every muscle in your body from your head to your toe process. Okay. I'm going to relax my face. Okay. I'm going to relax my shoulders. Relax my arms. And like go through a body scan of relaxing every major area in your body as a way to fall asleep, okay? There's meditation apps and things that can guide you through that too. You can play as you're going to sleep to help retrain your body that this is what is happening. It's a great question. Yes, <laughs> Angie says. Cool. What else, you guys? Let's see. I think I had... One more question, and I think that I address this a little bit on the negative self-chatter. So I had somebody write it write into me that she had been drinking like a bottle to a bottle, a half of wine every night, and she's been able to cut back to like two glasses of wine every night, but she doesn't want to do that. She wants to take breaks, <laughs> like she doesn't want to drink every night. So in the morning she wakes up and she beats herself up for even though she's cut back significantly she's still drinking when she doesn't want to. And she finds herself, like she says, I wake up every day disgusted with myself in the next morning, even when I've only had two, and I'm still sluggish in the morning, and then I'm down on myself. Okay, so this is a really good example of how our thoughts create our results, and how negative self-talk is like a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? So she's down on herself in the morning because she drank two glasses of wine the night before. So she probably has thoughts like, why do I keep doing that? What's wrong with me? And then she feels disgusted, right? And she carries that with her all day. And then at the end of the night, she doesn't want to feel that way anymore. So she's numbing out with more alcohol. And it creates more of the same result over and over and over again. This is why it's so important To make sure we're checking our thoughts. And and it's just evidence to show that your thoughts, even if you aren't following your plan, right? If they're negative and it's making you feel bad and you're not aware of that and you're not willing to sit there and feel those feelings instead of taking action, you're going to just keep creating more of the same result for yourself over and over again. So if you think there's something wrong with you, like there's something wrong with me, I'm disgusting and you feel that feeling that that generates for you like the shame right and you're not allowing and processing that feeling you're carrying that energy with you at the end of the day of course you're going to want to get away from that right that does not feel good and then you drink again that's how our thoughts create our results in our lives same thing with food if you overeat one day and you wake up the next day like ah here we are again, back to day 1. Why can't I keep doing this? I always start and I don't finish. Right? Those thoughts cause you to feel horrible. And if you don't know how to pause and interrupt that and process and feel your feelings and then reframe and think about something differently and coach yourself, you are going to re- you're going to cause the same sort of loop over and over and over again. Okay, it's no bueno. <laughs> So first you want to identify what you're thinking in the first place, right? Your are drinking or you're eating from the day before is a neutral circumstance. It's just a fact. I ate cookies or I drank wine. That's a fact that happened. And then you have an opinion about that that causes your current feeling and all human beings take action on the feelings that they have or don't want to have, right? So in this specific instance, she was taking action based on feeling that disgust for themselves, right? She didn't want to feel that way and she knows that alcohol is a sure way to numb those feelings, right? So she gets caught up in that loop over and over again. So if you want to interrupt that, we have got to understand what you're thinking about yourself when you do drink or eat more than what you plan to And self beating yourself up to make changes and being hard on yourself doesn't work. Case in point, (laughs) it causes more of the same. So you've got to be open. You've got to be curious. You've got to be loving and accepting. Be like, oh my gosh, this we're, we've been struggling with this for a long time and we're dedicated to fixing it. Don't worry. I've got you like, those are so much better thoughts than what's wrong with me. I'm disgusting, right? I hope that helps you guys. You've got to commit to stop beating yourself up. Write down your thoughts that you have on paper so you can look at them from like a science science point of view and like an observer instead of judgment, okay? There's no right or wrong thoughts. You just have to make sure that your thoughts aren't causing you to do more of the behaviors that you don't want to have, okay? And this is absolutely something that I can help you with. <laughs> mm. I am an expert identifying which thoughts are causing you to have the similar results that you have. And if you want... To join me in my private coaching program, you guys probably know how to do that. Um, I'll put a link on here where you can learn more and apply. But we talk about this, everything that people have written in about, we address in the coaching. And I coach you to come up with new thoughts. And I teach you how to feel your feelings so that you can have permanent results in your life. All right. What else? Such good questions. What else, guys? What else can I help you with? I'm here for you. That was all the questions that I had written in for this week. So um, we can sign off now if you want. You can watch the replay of this. It'll be up on the Facebook. It'll also be recorded into the podcast. Probably come out in a couple weeks. You guys can listen to this um, on replay. Write down some notes and actually do some of the things that I suggest you doing. (laughs) Instead of just be the listener, right? Like so many of us listen and absorb, but we actually don't apply it. And it's not until you apply what I'm teaching you that you will see changes. Yes. Like theoretically, it makes sense sometimes, right? But if you're not actually putting pen to paper and writing out your thoughts, and then like consciously working on changing them outside of your own brain and writing your goals on all that, then you'll probably have very similar results than you've had in the past. You guys are the bomb. All right. That's it, you guys. Hope you enjoyed. If you want me to answer any of your questions in the future, you guys can private message me on Facebook. You can email me, Angela at angelamascenic.com, and I'll be happy to answer them. Have a great day, guys. Bye. Hey, if you want to join me in my private small group coaching program called Stop Drinking and Start Living, I'm going to encourage you to get your application in soon. I only take a couple new clients every month. The application link and to learn more is in the podcast notes on my website. Go there, watch a short video, learn the details of the program and make sure that life coaching to stop over drinking is a good fit for you and get your application in. I love you guys so much. Talk to you soon. Bye.